podcast one production. The truth about starting a business, crafting a career, having a family and managing to fit it all in. Superwomen, we ain't. From the founder of Boost Juice, Janine Ellis, and leading executive and career coach, Margie Hartley. So let's talk about culture, Janine. It's the big word around town at the moment. Uh, Royal Commission, everyone's talking about how culture impacts business and its bottom line. But you know what? A lot of people don't really know what culture is and what this means. What we do know in terms of culture is that the people who get it wrong suffer badly in their businesses. Recently, we've heard about Uber, CEO, talking about an inclusive culture, talking about the values of the business and actually at the bottom line is his behaviour and others' behaviour is everything from misogynistic through to sexual harassment and not inclusive at all. So these these ideas where places like Facebook and Google are considered the best places to work and actually a recent study came out just a couple of days ago, Qantas is number four on a list of businesses that are the best places to work. And at the end of the day, they all say it's because of the culture. So let's talk about this idea of culture and attitudes and behaviours and how this is made up for us and what works and doesn't. Where do we start? Because when you're running a business, how do you create a culture? What is it? Where do you start? What do you do when it goes really wrong? What happens when it's broken? And then how do you keep it maintained and and keep on that journey? Oh, look, it's one of the things you have to protect no matter what. You know, you f- I always see my HR person as in a white night and she's standing in front of a drawbridge and the drawbridge is down and she is the protector of the culture. She's not allowed to let anyone into the building that doesn't actually have the same philosophies as the other people in the business. And so she, you know, so that's my vision. I'm very visual. So I you need it. to protect your culture at all costs. Culture is also a mindset. Like, for example, in my office, you can bring your dog. So I want the culture to be relaxed. I, I don't care what you wear. You can, I've got lawyers wearing board shorts and thongs. That is not actually, it's not, I'm not going to judge you on what you wear. You know, also part of our business is that if it's your birthday, I don't believe you should work on your birthday. Have it off. So the culture is that type of relaxed, easygoing type culture. However, the culture is also high performing. So that's what our culture is. And so once you know what your culture is and once that knight is in front of the drawbridge knows, she can then only let those people through. And doesn't everybody else in the business, aren't they all accountable for creating and keeping this culture as well? And people normally do it naturally because they love how they work and they love the environment. Then they, as soon They'll as... They also protect it. They yeah. protect it. They protect it. And also when you get that person in that's wrong, it's like a wart. You go, oh my God, we don't know what's wrong with it. Oh my God, get this wart that's off That's a me. very visual picture for me now moving forward. Today, I want to talk about how you start though. You've started Boost Juice. You talked about four women together, super high expectations, so much energy. You're now massive, massive. You've got franchisees, you've got all over the world, you've got this big business that you're running. How do you main how did you start your culture? To be honest, Margie, I didn't give it much thought. I actually made sure that I surrounded myself intuitively with people I wanted to play with. 
And those people were people, they weren't like me in the sense that uh, we've spoken in other episodes that you don't hire people like you, but fundamentally they were good people who wanted to see the success of this business as much as me. So you had a vision. I want to talk about vision and values because you and I might disagree on this starting out with a vision and with values on the wall. Tell me your view. Well, our vision in the early days, our BHAG, our big, hairy, audacious goal was to be the most loved and known brand in the world. Ooh, and so we went, right, huge. let's go for this vision. And so that was probably the BHAG. And then you bring it back down to let's be known in Australia and let's be loved. And loved was just as important as being known because a lot of people are known for things that they may not want to be known for. So that was how I started out. So it was like, okay, that's fine. We know that that's parked. We also know that there was an enormous amount of respect that we needed to have in the business. And never it was never written down. It was just implied at the, in the early days. Later, when the business got bigger, we took those values and visions in the early days and we actually made them more of a, this is who we are and what we do. But, but it was really about hiring the right people. And recently, a the HR person said, how do we motivate the team? And I looked at her and I did roll my eyes and I said, can we, can we just hire motivated people? That might be a start. Because I don't, I want people in the business to go, right, everyone, let's go play soccer now. I want, instead of sitting there going, well, who in the office is going to make things happen? You're like, you need to find those people in the office that are really engaged and want to actually get those people going. Yeah, so I'm hearing that's a, a, a very lived experience by you, this idea of starting the culture, paying attention to it, moving through it, saying, no, we don't want this, we do want this. That doesn't, as an organic process, you built your business, but you had a very clear vision for the business and you were very clear about the behaviour and the attitudes and the characteristics of people, which is actually the definition of culture. <laughs> Which is funny how you say that because it was just an intolerance that I had for, for decades, really. That's what it was. And by then in having all these great people in the business because we had this edit in the business of only having great people, then the culture was there. So, you know, people can actually hire all sorts of consultants to come into the business to actually create a vision and values for the business. But without the people that actually live and breathe it genuinely, including the leader, actually most importantly the leader, then you're wasting your time and your money. I work with teams all the time, as you know, Janine, um, in my role. And one of the things that I'll always say, it has to start from the top. I remember an example of a business that I was involved with and they were trying to fix the culture, the classic example, and they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting these experts in to do it. And they had these sessions, you know, because these experts, because they charge a lot, they get all these people in and to find out what it is. The one person that didn't attend was the CEO. Uh-oh. The CEO got fired because what they found out through these sessions was the culture was fine other than the leader. Mm-hmm. So in actual fact, it wasn't fine. It was actually completely ruined, but the team wanted it to be a certain way. And so they worked out how do we fix the culture? How do we fix the culture? <laughs> a new leader. <laughs> so so the, one of the definitions of culture that people tell me is culture is what's in the room after the CEO's left. So, so that's a classic story um, of how that's happened. So the, the, the culture, really important to start out with an idea of how you want people to behave, what the attitudes are, what the characteristics, how people might describe you. I've um, often go in and ask people and I say, well, if you were described on that website Glassdoor, 
what would they be saying about you? Because that's really real, those review sites that you have on the internet. And confronting. Uh, And confronting, (laughs) yes, I know. The place that we really need to go now is to think about what happens when it's broken. People don't pay attention for lots of good reasons to culture. And um, have you ever had a need to to fix the culture, to look inside and take some time? I know you've hired expensive consultants, but have you ever had time to think about what it means to to fix a broken culture? Oh, absolutely. Because what people think is they get the experts in and they go, our culture's done, okay, business as usual. Culture is something that you have to attack and constantly review all the time. And normally when the culture goes pear-shape, it's because the people have gone pear-shape or you've got a senior powerful executive in the room or in the business who actually is a mismatch for the culture. So I know we keep going back to people, 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 and, and, and no matter what dog's in the office, birthday's off, you know, bean bags, bean bags and bloody massages you can do in your office... None of it will keep people if you haven't got the right people at the right helm. So really, how do you fix a broken culture is is not putting tactics in, is actually to be genuine and authentic in actually believing what your vision and values are and actually living them. And it goes back to another point you made in another episode about holding up the mirror as the leader. This is this is really important. It's so funny. A researcher called Epley um, did research with couples and they, they replicated this in the workplace. And they went off and they said, tell us, we're going to ask you a series of questions about each other. We're going to see how many answers are right. Couples have been together for years and years, got 30% right on average, but they've assumed they get 80% correct. So what does this tell us? It actually tells us there's a real disconnect with how we see ourselves and what's going on. So this familiarity sort of almost causes an invisibility about what's happening around us. Really important to actually have some idea of how to measure observers, understanding what's going on in your business. And that's why I love the story about the CEO leaves the room and then we ask the questions. Mm. You know, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of consultants, not so much for consultants. It's more that the fact that the leaders don't have the follow through, you know, the consultants do this great stuff and then, you know, they move on and the business as usual and, and off we go. But what I liked what you said was, is actually keeping perspective because what people think is the culture, isn't necessarily the culture that they've got. And that's actually why I like consultants coming in as a fresh eyes to actually say, guys, I know you think it's this, but in actual fact, it's actually a bit of a mess. And then everyone in the room going, wow, we've got now a massive mirror looking at us and going, right, okay, I now have the knowledge to actually make a change. It's then up to the leader and the CEO to actually make those change. And without them having buy-in and really wanting to, it is a waste of time and money. I love it because you've got to own it in the business. Every business have their own culture. Exactly, Janine. I've got a team that I work with that is completely crazy. They throw shoes at each other. They swear. They don't tell HR. They swear. They do party hard. They play hard. Their work is superb. It's excellent. They're super high performing. And you know what? They have a set of agreed behaviours and they say, this is how we roll. And they know when the boundaries have been crossed. 
and they call the boundaries that have crossed and they never, ever let anybody get away with anything that's going to impact that culture that they have created. Yet on the other side, I've got a team, an IT team, who actually agree that they don't really need to speak to each other during any given day. And on Fridays at three o'clock, it's tools down, they share food, they discuss things around their personal lives, mostly around uh, the sports that they love, what they're going to do. There is no swearing anywhere in that business. People are exceedingly polite to each other. They have an agreed set of behaviours that they came up with and the culture that they protect And if anyone violates those boundaries or those things that they do, they call it out. Both teams super successful, but neither of those teams, you are anywhere like Boost Juice. You need to sometimes sit back and look at yourself and say to yourself, am I in the business that has the culture that suits me? Mm. Because, you know, you might be quite comfortable, you know, swearing like a trooper or you might be you might be actually more like, I don't want to talk to anyone. So you find that in yourself. Yes, exactly. And the one of the other things that's really important for teams to be recognising is that their behaviours have to align with achieving the ambition that they've set out for themselves. And you, you can't have behaviours that don't help you achieve what it is you're setting out to do. So that alignment is really essential for teams um, to agree agree on. And again, just holding to account. So Janine, one of the trickiest things for people in business is when you've got a great culture, you've got the team going well, and then you have the superstar with the bad behaviours. What do you do? Look, that's actually a really interesting one because quite often someone who's an extreme personality can actually produce extreme work. And when the bullshit outweighs the talent, it's all over. Okay, so you've got a barometer going on for the bullshit and talent. There's a barometer. Now, I I met with Dale Jennings from Mambo and he had this incredibly talented guy in there who came up with a lot of the artwork and a lot of the creative. And But he, some of the stories he told me, he was like he had to just kind of let him go and just off he went and he went off to these little tandems and didn't turn up some days and turned up other days. But he was invaluable for the business because his talent far outweighed the disruption that he actually gave into the business. But there is a point sometimes when the bullshit people go, you know what, I know you're talented, but you are too disruptive to the business. So there is that bullshit talent barometer that you need to think about. I love talking to you because you just keep it real. In my world, we talk about coaching somebody for improvement, for change behaviour. I coach for positive, purposeful change all the time. But I love the way you're calling that, the bullshit versus talent barometer. Um, Also really important, though, to believe that people can change and being able to help them change through a certain environment. I think that's really, really good. Mm. I just say, Janine, pay attention to culture. Don't become distracted by the business at hand, but pay attention to it and keep it real. Superwomen We Ain't is a Podcast One production recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne. Executive producer is Grant Tothill, produced by Brooke Carrigan, audio by Darcy Thompson. Listener.